0: Of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington.
1: Try to make adjustments here. Sorry about that. (laughs) Sorry about the dead dead time. Um, yeah. Like I said, my name is Bill Bullington here. I'm here every Saturday morning, 11 to noon. If you'd like to learn more about my company, or if you hear something you'd like more information on, feel free to go to my website. It's bullingtoncapital.com. I'll be glad to try to answer the questions if we can. Um, it's funny. Some questions you really just can't answer. And I, I think that's, uh, people get stuck on a lot of those questions a lot of time. Uh, they'll, uh, want to know how much money they can spend until they're on, you know, so that they don't run out of money. Well, in order to know that, you actually have to know what the investments are going to do. You have to know when you're going to die, um, exactly. <laughs> and uh, a lot of questions you just really can't answer. So, but you come up with some generalities that you can use kind of like the 4% rule. If you've ever heard that the uh the 4% rule is uh if somebody would have invested 50% of their money in bonds, 50% of the money in stocks and uh went back through the past oh almost 100 years now how long would that have lasted and if they pulled 4% out investing half their money in investment grade bonds, half the money in stocks it would have lasted about 30 years and the average retirement uh, and it depends some of the in some of the time periods it actually grew in addition to what they took out. The 4%, by the way, is just a starting point. You're going to have to increase that over time for inflation. So that, that's actually why it's relatively low, is that you're going to have to raise it sometime uh, probably during your retirement years. So anyway, that's the 4% rule. Start off taking 4%, You know whatever your savings is, uh, take 4% of that, um, come back, you know run a balanced account come back every few years adjust it you're probably going to have to increase the amount you're taking out and that'll get the average person through their lifetime through the uh, actually it's above average life expectancy now having said that what happens if you retire and the market goes down right away that could have an impact on it instead of lasting 30 years it may only last 20 and uh, so um any rules that are kind of out there. Uh, they're just really more like guidelines and suggestions. And uh, you have to kind of look behind the scenes to see what that's going to mean to you and, or what it might mean to you and just try to do your best. Now, as I'm talking about this, okay, the, uh, I, all of a sudden I'm looking at my laptop and an ad pops up. And this is a, a CD, a one-year CD the rate on it is 0.55%. 0.55% and that's, you know, <laughs> that's supposed to be a really good uh 1-year CD. 0. 0.55. That's why that 4% rule is actually so low because they went back through a lot of time periods to see, you know, what you might be able to do. This time period's different, I can tell you. In fact, they're always different. And I think if you're going to do as well this time, there's some uh, products that have been introduced and improved upon over the past few years. I think the improvements have been fairly significant uh, that can help you kind of get your plan together. And we're going to talk about those a little bit later in today's show. There's your typical stocks, uh, stock funds. I, would, I wouldn't really recommend individual stocks for people unless you've got a lot of time. Uh, later on this, this year, uh, we're planning, we're hoping, knock on wood, that, uh, we have to move, um, we're moving right across the street, by the way. It's just not a long move, but facility that's got some meeting facilities. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun because we can, uh, instead of just having to listen to this on a radio or picking it up on my, uh, podcast, uh, you know, you can pick this up on iTunes, by the way, um, you can actually come in and we're going to, Go through some examples there. There's a, uh, a couple of investment clubs I know about that are looking for places to meet. This might be might fill that need. So I'll keep you posted. But we're we're moving. It's just right across the street. It's not very far away. Facilities are a little bit nicer. We'll be able to do some things because, you know, it, um, investing is actually supposed to be fun. <laughs> and it can be if you let it. If you you have to you always have to ignore the dark news, incidentally. There's always been dark news from the beginning of my career, which now goes back 32 years. I can't believe that. Man, am I getting old? But 32 years ago, the world was coming to an end, <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget the year 2000. That was when everything was supposed to stop. Everything was going to stop. All the computer systems were going to break in the world. Well, it hasn't happened yet, so I'm just going to uh, assume that you know there's. Not a whole lot that you should really be worrying about. In fact, when I'm looking around at the economy, are stock markets overpriced? Maybe a little bit, not a lot. They're a little overpriced, no doubt in my mind. But if interest rates are going to remain this low, then they're not overpriced at all. They're right around where they should be. If they go down quite a bit, then they'll be underpriced. If they go up a lot from here, well, then they'll be overpriced. Then you'll be glad that you've got the fixed indexed products that we've been talking about. <laughs> you'll be really glad that you have that to fall back on. And we'll come back to that a little bit later. It's funny. A lot of people, uh, uh, everybody has their favorite segments of the, of the show and, and they wish that that's all I would talk about, like just stocks or just the economy. And then you get a whole bunch of people who want to hear about what are their highest rates of fixed, uh, or guaranteed rates of income that you can generate. But so try to be fair, cover all three of them, and uh, that's what we're gonna do. The, the the final segment each week though, I have a tendency to talk about just individual stocks. And one of the reasons I do that, you know, outside of what um well actually the, the main reason that I do that is because if you're comfortable doing individual stocks, if you if you really understand how markets behave. You're giving yourself a huge edge to be successful because if you really get it, when something that typically surprises the people who don't get it, you, know, you see that all the time, every day. Why did the market go down? Well, the sellers were being more aggressive than the buyers were. There were more people that you know wanted to sell than than there were buyers to take their orders, and, and the prices drop when that happens. Uh, well, why did they sell? Well, in order to know that, you'd actually have to take a poll of all the sellers. Shouldn't take you too long, there're only a few million of them. <laughs> trying to gather that much information over at that short of a time period, we can't do it yet. You know, we might be able to do it one day. There's this thing called a quantum computer and it is super mind-bogglingly fast and at some point in time they may be able to actually do that. You know, it'll, it'll get closer and closer. In the meantime, Studying how stock prices behave because stocks are a big part of everybody's portfolio. They should be uh, anybody's portfolio. Maybe maybe not if you're a hundred, but uh, if you, even if you're ninety. I mean, I have an I have an aunt that's you know close to a hundred and she's still alive. That's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. I I have a lot of clients who make it well into their nineties, and which I also think is amazing. And with the increases in all the uh, medicine coming down the pike, you know that that might be a common thing in the future. So, anyway, um, lost my whole train of thought there. <laughs> the economy, what, what, yeah what's what's going on in the economy? A lot of the stuff that's happening right now is behind the scenes, and and I'm telling you right now, you, you can say that you've heard it here first. I don't hear other people talking about this. I I read the Wall Street Journal. I actually have the um, digital version. And I look at Barron's on the weekends. I really like that publication. Investors Business Daily is nice. The, uh, um, you read a lot of financial stuff online, a lot of services that I subscribe to. And nobody is talking about the wave that's forming, uh, in the United States, in, uh, a lot of other countries as well. But that's the, the rebuilding of our infrastructure here and just how big that is and how it affects everybody. Everybody I know uses electricity. I mean, every single person I know uses electricity. I'd venture to say at this point, there's very few people in, in this country and even in the world that don't use electricity. And the way that we've been generating it, it's been hurting the environment. So they're, they've got a lot of new ways coming out. A lot of the infrastructure in this country is so old that it needs to be replaced. It's inefficient. It's costing us money to keep that uh, equipment in place. That's a big deal. The spending on that is typically behind the scenes. You don't really, you see it when it's happening in your neighborhood, but collectively across the country, you're not, you're not seeing it. And that's a, uh, you're not seeing all of it. And it is huge. So that, really bodes well for the economy overall um, because that is a a major component of the economy. And all the people that are involved in that drive cars, they wear clothing, they live in housing. You can't grow one sector, one piece of the economy. And I know there are probably a lot of people that are are so tired of hearing this because they've heard me say this for so long. But you just have to put up with it uh, another day because it hasn't changed you you can't just grow one section of the economy at the expense of everything else. It just doesn't work that way. So I I think that, and you should take pleasure in that. I mean, it's good news. It's good news that when infrastructure changes, when a technology changes, that it's going to make your life easier. It it has to be implemented and that implementation doesn't just benefit the people who invented it. Um, They might get a larger piece of the benefit, but it ends up benefiting the economy, everything in general. And that's a really good thing. When I look at all the uh, problems that are being solved, all the problems that are still being worked on, all the solutions that are being rolled out, you know, as we speak, I'm, I'm, I'll make a bold prediction here. I think that after the, we get a handle on the pandemic and this latest version of the virus, when this stuff all dies down and goes away, I don't think the economic activity is going back. I, I don't think it's going to slow down. I think it's going to pick up. So that's, that's kind of nice to, to know that to at some point in time, you know, we're going to have a much more efficient grid that you probably a lot of us will be driving electric cars that aren't driving them today. I've got a, uh, uh gasoline car. I just bought it and, and I don't know why they didn't call it a hybrid, because it stops, it starts again when it turns on. I know they it's, it's, it's using a lot of electricity, but I, mean, I don't know, maybe GM just didn't want to uh, <laughs> categorize it that way. They thought maybe they wouldn't sell as many of them. Uh, it is a sport version, so it, it might be part of their thinking. I don't really know, but all the, the bottom line is I know that that car has a ton of semiconductors in it, and uh, the electric cars have even more. Uh, the infrastructure and we don't have the infrastructure. The infrastructure is not in place to go completely electric. You just, it, there are too many states where the charging stations are too far apart. So what is it? And that's opportunity. That means there's opportunity out there. Heck, just the way that the new modern building is taking place. Ask any contractor if things have changed in his industry in the last 10 years. They've changed an enormous amount. What's really funny about that is that, you know, you don't really notice it all that much, all that often. Typically, maybe 10, 15% in a year where there's a lot of change, maybe seven or eight of, you know, percent. But if if you just change 7% a year, that means 93% stays the same. And you only change 7% a year over 10 years. It's nearly a whole new ball game because of compounding and how that works. So every 10 years. And this is one of the reasons that uh, a lot of older people, I'm uh, getting close to that category, just kind of like to retract. <laughs> they don't want to try to keep up anymore. Hopefully you've got uh, kids, grandkids, or, or family or friends somewhere that uh, will keep you up because I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff out there, and and it's easier than trying to do it on your own. Online bill pay, I think that's it's awesome. Click, 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 pay the bills. I think that it is amazing that you can do that, and you can do it from your phone. I mean, that I don't do that by the way because I got fat fingers, and uh, I'm going to hit a bad. <laughs> I'm going to be sending somebody two hundred thousand dollars for a twenty dollar bill <laughs> by accident. <laughs> And uh, I probably try to keep my money. And no, I'm just kidding. But um, so I don't pay my bills on my phone, at least not yet anyway. And um, they will get voice recognition. That's really good. And that's just coming. So you'll just talk to the computers. And I, I, I laugh so hard when I think about one of the Star Trek movies and Scotty was uh, they, they opened up a laptop. He was going to, you know, they came back to modern day out to our days from their days. They had a way back machine and he looks at the laptop and he starts talking to it, and he then he realizes, wait a minute, this laptop doesn't listen. It doesn't have voice recognition. He gets so frustrated, but then he starts typing, and, and he can type, you know, faster than he. We actually make him a Guinness work, uh, World World Record holder in today's day and age, or that that day and age. I can't believe you know that's that movie is probably twenty five years old now. And uh, I just thought it was so funny. Those guys were so far ahead (laughs) of the rest of the curve and they were pretty accurate. It it was a uh, mind boggling. So a lot of the other stuff that they put in that movie, maybe we should go back and watch that again. uh, Let you know where the uh, economy is headed in the future. And so anyway, it's kind of an, there's good news out there. I think stocks are are a good place to be. I think they're going to be really Bumpy. They've always been bumpy. In fact, stocks were more volatile in the early 1900s than they are now. Think about that for a second. Stocks were more volatile in the early 1900s than they are now. If you can believe that or not. And so I think we're going through another period where volatility is going to pick up. But the value of the underlying companies that are making up the economy, the Procter & Gamble's of the world, hey, I, I hear the music. That means I got to take a commercial break. You listen to Bill Bullington, right here on fourteen twenty. I'll be back after these messages.
0: But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the lie that it was up to me to make a name the world remember. If you could go back and relive one day of your life all over again And unmake the mistake that left you a million miles away from the you You once knew, now yesterday's shame keeps saying that you'll never get back on track But what if I told you, you're one step away from surrender
1: We're back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. Hopefully, we'll be able to get some seminars scheduled relatively soon, relatively quickly. Uh, but um, I don't know, the way this pandemic keeps going, it's like you think you're almost there, and then a variant comes out. <laughs> it's been pretty rough. But okay, so this is the segment that I'm going to talk about fixed income because it's a huge part of most people's financial plan. And if it's not, it should be. Now, if you're under the age of 50, okay, if you're under the age of 50 and you're not super conservative, then you don't have to pay attention to this next few minutes. But for the vast majority of people who are looking to retire or already retired, or if you're within 10 years from retirement, I'm going to tell you right now, the fixed income portion of your portfolio is going to hold you back. Okay, so you got two choices. You can hold on to short-term bonds, which uh, will probably end up having a negative real return. That means if you adjust it for inflation, it's going to be negative. You can put it in stocks, which means you're going to have to put up with the volatility that's involved with stocks. Or... You can do some fixed index annuities. That would be a a good option today. There are some other options too. We'll, maybe we'll talk about those in future weeks, but I want to talk about that for a little bit because it's so important for so many people. You're going to have 30 or 40% of your money, which is typically the, about the average amount of money that the average investor has in fixed products, fixed income, the traditional fixed income like bonds and CDs. that's a, uh, uh, again, that, that makes up typically about 30 or 40% of somebody's portfolio. Well, there, there are options now that I think if interest rates weren't as low as they are, if the national debt wasn't as high as it is, why is that important? Well, if you've got, if you owe trillions of dollars, every time you raise interest rates, you're raising your interest expense by billions. You're just offering to pay billions of dollars more. And I just don't think our, our government's willing to do that on interest payments on debt. I, I just don't. He's not at this point. And I don't foresee that changing anytime super soon. So um, who knows? You know, Japan's had negative interest rates for more than 20 years. And they have one of the highest net worth per capita, that means per person, in the world. So they don't feel a need to pay them much in the way of interest. In fact, in most Short-term things, you pay the banks to hang on to your money and keep it safe for you. You're paying them. So we're not to that stage yet, but you know, I think probably at some point in time it could be that way. So the alternative for a lot of people has been to put money in stocks, and that's not a bad idea, but you've got to be prepared for all that fluctuation when you put your money in stocks. I'm a big believer in stocks. But I also think you should have enough, you should have enough in stocks to try to stave off some of the inflationary effects of all this money printing. Understand that it's going to fluctuate a lot. And then, uh, you have to pick kind of what kind of risk that you want to take. We'll go over that next week on a show. I'll, I'll spend 10 minutes just on how to evaluate how much money you should have in stocks. Cause that's, that, that deserves a show all by itself, actually. The, um, but let's just, let's say you're there now and, and you come up with a mix I say, okay, I think I would be good with a 60-40, 60% stock, 40% fixed income. Now, the fixed income, what are my choices? Well, you have tax-free bonds, government bonds, corporate bonds, high-yield bonds, uh, funds that do a little bit of all of them. Uh, there's there's tons of stuff out there. And then there's this thing called a fixed-indexed annuity that, that has returns from certain companies that those companies will guarantee. Now, understand the guarantee is only as strong as the underlying company. So, you want to try to pick those companies that are uh, rated very well, A plus or better through uh, and Best or at least A rated minimally. Okay. So, the, the insurance companies will actually take the money and guarantee an income over your lifetime. And you have to look at the contracts very carefully to figure out you know what you're going to get because there are literally thousands of them. But I think in this environment, when you're looking at getting a negative real return on on interest, that's before expenses. If if you are using an investment advisor and they're charging fees, your return's negative right off the get-go. So these make a lot of sense. I think they make a lot of sense in a lot of cases. Do they make sense in all cases? No. Nothing makes sense in every case. It, It just doesn't exist. So everybody's a little bit different. You should see how different... Married couples are, I mean, it, it's mind boggling, uh, mind boggling to me that one could be extremely aggressive and the other could be extremely conservative and they've never really even talked about it. <laughs> and then they come in and uh, I get to be the, uh, the marriage counselor. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to get to do that when I started in this career. But uh, anyway, I'm uh, one of the things we do. How much risk are you really willing to take and how much can you get? uh For the amount of risk that you 're willing to take, what would be reasonable? what would be uh normal and i I think it it 's actually shocking to a lot of people but that 's another reason I think that you know when you 're looking at uh annuities immediate annuities if you want income right away uh if you can wait a year, you can take a fixed index and turn on income a year from now and uh get a a really competitive return on that investment um it's the, the chances of it not performing better than bonds are very low. Let me just put it that way. The chances of those things not performing better than bonds are extremely low. And I should have, uh, brought up an, an example of somebody, maybe, uh, go back to the commercial break. I will. So, uh, I'll bring up an example and then, uh, let you know where you can go and duplicate that example there. There's a website out there. I like to use nationwide. Um, Strong company, good products. The, uh, those, these are all my opinions, by the way. And, uh, uh, you know, they stand behind them. Um, but again, your guarantees, I just have to make sure I keep uh, repeating that. It's just like past performance can't guarantee future performance where, you know, where everybody's heard that. Well, when you're talking about insurance company, the, the products are only as good, uh, the, the guarantees are only as good as the companies that are standing behind them. So you have to take that into account. But, uh, you know, having said that, there's a really good uh, deal there, I think, given today's environment. Now, I'm going to come back to that because uh, um, I had some problems with my computer before we uh, started up here. And I'll do, I'm going to look up a couple things. And, and in the last segment, we'll come back to this a little bit. And I'm just going to kind of uh, take the, the stock portion of the portfolio and I'm, or the program. And I'm going to start that right now. And again, I will come back to it. So and this is one of the reasons I wanted to uh, talk about stocks today, too, in general, uh, because a lot of stocks have not participated in the recovery of the stock market. I mean, when you look at what they're selling for versus what would be a normal sales price, I am excited. It's very exciting to see a company like Macy's, who I like a lot, and I know a lot of people don't really like macy's too much at all because its price to sales ratio is 0.27 the price on tesla is like 26 <laughs> i mean it is 100 times higher <laughs> than macy's is and you know a lot of people say well that's because i don't know if it's worth it or not all i can tell you is that macy's is selling cheap that's not a lot to pay for that type of a uh, company BJ's Wholesale, 0.39. The chart looks like a the chart looks like a technology stock from the late nineties. Over the last year, okay. So this is what encourages me at least for now, and I'll keep up with it. And I'll by the way, I'll keep reporting. There's there's a scan that I run. Uh, actually, Mike Seeger publishes that scan on the Lookout for the Bull website every day, and. Uh, let's see on Friday, there were 70, 70 stocks that came up on that skin. That's unusual, highly unusual, especially for this time of year. This is normally the worst time of year. The, um, August, September are actually the two worst months. If you go back and look in the history of the stock, everybody thinks it's October because they remember, you know, when the market crashed in October in 87, 1929, if you have people around you that are that old, the, um, my grandparents were around then, yeah. So tells you how ancient I am, but the uh, but I remember hearing about all that stuff. The reality is, August September are typically pretty rough for the stock market. And is it going to happen every year? No. In fact, it'll probably take off and soar now that I just said that, just so that uh, it'll make me look foolish, because that's what the stock market likes to do. It likes to make you look like a fool. <laughs> You gotta get used to that. <laughs> you have to get used to feeling kind of foolish if you want to make money in stocks. Because you're gonna buy stuff and some bad something unexpected's gonna happen, some bad news is gonna come out and stuff's gonna go down. Now, if it's a really good company, you can you might want to hang on to what do I mean by really good? Well, that it's got good profit margins. Like in other words, they generate a lot of cash that they can reinvest or just pay it as a dividend. And their sales are strong. Their sales aren't dropping like a rock. And it's got a good financial history of being able to do that kind of stuff. That That's what a quality stock does. There are funds, by the way, who screen for that kind of thing. One of the things I really enjoy about today's financial markets are that if there is a good idea, and it's a good idea to buy stocks who have, High profit margins who are growing, who have the potential maybe to grow even further. How do you know? Well, uh, common sense. Find out how many big cities, how many cities have more than 20,000 people and how many locations do those stores have? That'll give you some idea of how much they could grow by. Not a lot because um, a lot of people stumble and fall and you know, don't actually make it to that level, but it lets you know at least there's the potential. They've got potential there. And, uh, so, and and by the way, if, if the stock value is low enough, they don't really have to have a whole lot of growth. You know, if, if the valuation is, is, is super attractive, then you can take a media or a flat or even a slightly negative growth rate and you can still make money with that stock. So the funds that I'm looking at are typically focusing in on the same things I'm talking about on this show. That's how I built the portfolios that we run. I use the same concept and I go out and I find the fund Now that's been around. They need to be around two, three years. They need to have at least a billion dollars in assets in them because if they don't, they'll probably close. And when they close, they lock your money up for 60 to 90 days. There's a big fat zero where the money used to be on your statement probably scares you. I know it does because I've had people call when we got into a, a fund. And by the way, Experience is a great teacher and I wish I could learn from everybody else's experience, but sometimes you just, it's your experience that actually means the most. So when these funds shut down because they don't get enough in assets in them to keep the doors open because they, they charge so little to run the fund, they, they've got to get to a certain point like right away or they have to shut the fund down, return all the money to investors. That takes them in the past. It's taken between 60 and 90 days. In the meantime, it looks like there's a big fat zero where there used to be thousands of dollars. And it's a little upsetting when you see that number go to zero on your statement. So try to keep away from the the brand new funds or the funds that aren't, um, big enough to stay in business. And once they hit uh, a couple billion dollars and I can't believe I'm saying that a couple, do you know how many billion dollar funds there were when I started in the business? My hero, the zero, (laughs) there were none. (laughs) And now you have to have a billion dollars just to keep the fund door open. Now, see that's change. That's a lot of change. And uh, what what's really nice about this is you can define exactly the types of stocks that you're looking for. Uh, you go to my seminars. I'll I'll teach you the different methods. They're not. Even, it's not that hard if you speak English. Um, it's hard for people who spent a lot of time going to school. Who have a whole bunch of letters behind their names because they forget to speak they, they forgot what it was like when they didn't have all that knowledge and they use a lot of terms and, and a lot of language specific to the industry so I'm going to try to keep that as as simple as humanly possible and uh and really it's 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 kind of fun it's like kind of being on a treasure hunt now by the way, you don't have to know any of that it just helps it helps when you are familiar with the history behind. Whatever the strategy is that you're employing, it helps so that you don't abandon it because you didn't expect it to go down as much as it did. It went down and you, you panicked and you pulled the plug. That is the common, mis- the most common mistake the average investors out there make. They look at something, oh, this is horrible. This is not what I expected. Well, why didn't you expect it? Well, because I just looked, somebody showed you the last five years. It looked really good over that time period, but they forgot to show you beyond that period and what happens when, you know, the market goes down a lot when people are panicking. Uh, well, I guess so, but yeah, it's one of the reasons that I'm probably not, um, bigger than I am because I show everybody and uh, I'm not a, um, I want you to know if you're a client, I want you to know that you're going to put up with a lot of fluctuation and it's no big deal in the long run. Do you know why really, do you know why stocks go higher? Because we keep printing money. <laughs> the uh, the government keeps printing money. That that's the main reason. If you don't have money, if they stopped, if they said, look, this is all we're ever gonna print, this is it. Nothing could grow. You'd have to stop having you'd have to apply for a license to have a kid and, and you'd have to get that license when somebody else passed away. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hear the music. I gotta take a real quick commercial break. You listen to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back
0: this time I know that you are holding all the answers and I'm has ever been to count along left you right with no warning
1: we're back And you know, I promise never to do this again. I I split up the, I'm splitting up these two segments. This last 15 segment, I'm going to go back to the fixed index just for a minute, and then I'm going to go back to stocks, and I'm going to finish up the program with stocks for all you stock pickers out there. Um, I'm telling you that that is really fascinating. In fact, it makes me want to skip over the uh, uh, fixed index, but I can't because. Too many people have too much money. Do you know the bond market is nearly four times as large as the stock market? Do you know that the average household in Europe, uh, doesn't invest in stocks at all, despite the fact that stocks have done so much better than bonds. And a lot of their countries, the interest rates are either zero, close to zero, or literally negative. They're, they're paying the banks to hang on to their money for them. So I, we haven't reached to that point yet, but if you're looking at, Fixed income, fixed products, this might work out for you. So here's what I did. I just put in, let's say you're 60 years old and you've got $100,000 to invest. Okay. If you were to put that into the product I'm looking at, and by the way, you hear this stuff, if you want a link to this website, I just email me, bill at bullyingtoncapital.com, go to my website, request the link, I'll just send it to you. You can uh, play around with this yourself. So a 60-year-old, uh, a year from now, puts $100,000 in, a year from now, they're going to give, they're going to guarantee $5,214 for the rest of your life. If you pass away, they will take, uh, the money that you've invested minus what you took out and guarantee that that's the worst case scenario. Even if the stock market crashes, okay, they'll, they'll pay back the full, um, 100,000 minus what you took out of it, even if the market crashes. Now, if the market goes up and it's worth more, than what you put into it, that's what your family gets. So that's what's unique about these products. They have they they're worried not only about your income, but they're worried about your beneficiaries. And in the past, and you know, I'm just looking at some of the other products that are out there. Uh, a life only annuity that guarantees an income for life only might pay a little bit more, but that's because if you got hit by a bus next week before you collected your first payment, but you signed up for it, signed, sealed, delivered. Then insurance company keeps the money, so that's the. Um, I'm not that interested in those. Although in the right place, I think they make a lot of sense. Uh, so that's another reason to get on the phone, talk to your financial advisor, or get on the phone, give us a call. We'll be glad to talk to you. So again, having said that, oh by the way, if you waited, and if you were that sixty year old and you didn't want to take that income next year, if you waited, it goes up to fifty six hundred. These are the uh, guarantees made by Nationwide by the way. That's the uh that's their schedule, okay? So um every year that you wait, it actually goes up. The year after that it goes up to 66,199. What are CD's paying again? <laughs> if you put $100,000 in a CD that was getting the half a percent that Goldman Sachs was advertising in the Wall Street Journal this whole past week, okay? On 100,000 bucks, that's $500. Think about that. Five hundred dollars, and three years from now, though you would have collected about oh fifteen hundred in interest in three years. Over three years, then you'd have paid tax, so that's that's my point. It's just in this environment, and I never thought I'd be talking about these products. By the way, I am shocked that interest rates went as low as they did and are staying low, and that the economy, uh, the 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 moves that have been made, really pretend that. The future holds a lot more of the same, at least for the foreseeable future. That's quoting our, our um, Fed chairman. So for the foreseeable future. In taking that into account, I think they make a lot of sense. So if you want to talk about that, feel free to give me a call. And there is another type of uh, annuity product I think is is also very good. It's an investment only. It's an investment only. You don't have to take those other benefits that these are offering. By the way, the income riders—I know that is a rider. Uh, that's a a rider is something that you add to your your contract. It's up to you to add it. Uh, once you've decided you want that, the insurance company can't take that away. So that's that's kind of nice. Um, this investment only is like a bare bones. It's tax deferred funds. You've got three hundred and some odd companies in there. You don't get a ten ninety nine on it. Uh, It's kind of like a uh, non-deductible IRA, except that it has no limits as to how much you can put into it. Uh, There's no sales charge going in. There's no sales charge going out. That makes it very unique. Most of these things, like the other one, where they're going to guarantee a much higher income level. Okay, there, that comes with, um, catches. You got to stay with it. Okay. So you really got to know that that's what you want to do. This one, you can take all the money back out if you want to. You can add an income rider to it they They have a four percent for an individual that means you could get a four percent income off it no matter what happened to the investments um and they have a three point seven five for a, a married couple that wants to you know uh, have a joint beneficiary on there so that's a little bit lower but the uh but the thing is this one can grow the other ones are fixed that's why they say fixed index annuities. this one has the opportunity to grow, and I think it will uh, but if it doesn't it allows you to put a little floor in there and by the way. You can take that rider off if you want to. So it is super flexible. And between those two products, actually, I wouldn't have to do anything else. You can you can actually meet almost every need somebody has for retirement income planning with those two products. Um, why do I still do the stocks? Why do I still do exchange-traded funds? Um, because I like them and because not everybody... It, it's not always... Uh, I want to say, I want to say always, yeah. It's not always. Some people just don't like the idea of having a, an annuity. I get it. You know, there's a lot of annuities out there, and they're not that good. You know, it's like cars. There are some cars out there, probably shouldn't be on the road. Yeah, there's some cars out there that had problems from the get go. You can, I, I'm not going to dwell on that, but there are uh, a lot of products, probably not that good. These are two of the, the better ones, in my opinion. Uh, and if you want more information about that, please feel free to give me a call or email me. But uh, I think that it presents a really good option for an awful lot of people for for some portion of your money. Uh, and if you wonder, hey, maybe I should take a look at that, it, there's no cost for a uh, consultation. We can do it right over the phone. Uh, the uh, It's not a problem. Or you can come in the office. There's no cost to doing that either. And uh, having said that, I want to go back to my favorite topic, which are individual stocks. The uh I'm one of the few advisors that advises you to diversify, look into funds and all that stuff that actually trades stocks. And I'm not a short term trader, I'm a long term trader, which is uh you know, an oxymoron. It's like the jumbo shrimp. Never seen a fifty pound shrimp. <laughs> but there are traders who are actually conservative, and that that's the group that I feel like I fall into. And I just want to, uh, share what I've been seeing and why I've been saying what I've been saying over the past few months. And in that the economy is recovering. It's going nicely. Um, it's starting to spread out the concentration of growth for, you know, the past six or seven years has been the top 50 stocks in the S and P 500, which has made the S and P 500 look spectacular. Okay. But the others, the other stocks weren't doing very well now they're starting to catch up and that's very encouraging for someone like myself because they're spreading out and that's a good idea i i'm glad it's there uh, we run these scans mike ceajer uh, publishes this list on a daily basis and the the website's called lookoutforthebull.com and i just thought i'd go through and um go through some of the stocks that are coming up because i i, I really think this is fairly significant first one that's coming up is Macy's. And Macy's back in 2020, actually Macy's was uh, a lot higher back in 2015 than it is today. And in 2020, it dropped like a rock, you know, when the pandemic came out. Now, believe me, most department stores uh, are facing fairly significant difficulties because things are moving online. But Macy's, all the department stores, by the way, are moving online now. You can go into the store, and if it's not there, they'll send it to you. The vast majority of them will send it to you, or they'll check their inventory and they'll have it sent to that store so you can come back and pick it up. So, the old clicks and bricks—I think they—they they, that was the saying that you're going to have clicks and bricks. You're going to have the website plus you'll have the stores, and that's how they foresaw the future. Yeah, well, Amazon gobbled up a ton of market share before those guys ever took it seriously. <laughs> And, uh, so, but I think they're probably doing it now. Here's the big thing. This, I would be, I I would consider this a trade, not an investment. What's the difference between a trade and an investment? Well, I'm not willing to sit in this stock for that long. Why? Because Macy's growth rate is not that great. Uh, it's got a valuation, it's price to sales ratio, which is my favorite indicator. The next seminar, I'm going to show everybody why. Um, but it's 0.27. The average for the S and P 500 right now is close to three. I don't know. Would you rather pay 27 cents for something, or would you rather pay three dollars for something? But, but let's assume they're uh, uh close in value. Would you rather pay 27 cents for it, or would you rather pay three bucks? That that's the difference. You get Macy's at the that's the 27 cent price. If the average is three, and by the way, it's 22 bucks a share. Just to prove point, back in 2015, it was 75 bucks. So do you want to pay two? Oh man, I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, there were a lot of other stocks I meant to get to. I apologize. Well, I'll tell you what, next week we'll start with the stocks and then we'll go into the other categories. How's that? So, anyway, thanks for listening. I hope everybody has a good week. Good luck and good investing.
0: The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.